0: Good morning, and the conversation continues as we ease on into WIP Sunday, this very happy Father's Day to all. My name's Peter Solomon, and my guest this morning for the next hour, Bob Newman, Newman Communications, a father himself, but also an expert on things PR and marketing, and he's got a lot to say about the political situation as well. So let's say good morning to Bob Newman. Good morning, Bob.
1: Hey, good morning, Peter. Happy Father's Day to all in Philadelphia.
0: It's been a while since we've talked, and a lot, a lot has
1: happened. Uh, you, you know, it's a lot happens in a minute. A lot happens in an hour. A lot happens in a day. But before we we proceed, I want to, on behalf of the American political people, if I'll put myself in that class, apologize to all those Philadelphia Eagle fans, because the president really knows he was wrong. He knows he— should have been more gracious and used the house of the people appropriately and not disinvited those who did want to attend. So that's where I'm going to start here. Um, And am I being sarcastic? No, I actually deep down think he knows he was wrong. But but as Donald Trump agreed this week when he said he might talk about the North Korea summit in in six months and realized he was wrong, he said, well... I won't necessarily admit it. I'll come up with some excuse. So, and then, you know, my second bit of uh, levity before I really get into what's going on is to say, you know, on Friday I got this picture, and I don't know, maybe many of your Philadelphia audience being close to New York remember the mobster Vinnie Giganti, also known as Vinnie Chin who would throw on a bathrobe and he would mutter in the streets while he was under indictment, hoping that, you know, uh, he would change the narrative and the district attorneys, if not the U.S. attorneys, would think he was insane. And on Friday, when the president walked out on the north lawn into the parking lot, talked to a gaggle of reporters, talked to Steve Ducey at Fox and Friends, I think he really attempted to do the exact same thing. Um, and that was the picture that I had in my my mind uh, of Vinnie the Chin. And am I now telling the Republican listeners in Philadelphia, uh, those who are upset that, you know, Charlie Dent and others are, are all fleeing, uh, that I think the president is a mobster? No, I don't think he's a mobster. I think in his mind, he actually believes he has a, there's cinema going on that he's the star, that he's the producer, he's the director, he's the writer, and he even is the critic as we see. But let's get to more important things. Let's get to some seriousness. Well Bob, but From what th- you th-
0: what so, you what you're saying
1: on,
0: in the old adage I understand the PR. Never believe your own press.
1: No, and, and, and really that is his, his own press. He does not trust the White House press office. He does not trust Sarah Sanders, who will be gone by end of year, as confirmed by CBS. He does not uh, trust her deputy. He has lost his communication directors. Just as he said, if I lose a chief of staff in General Kelly, I won't replace that position. So, yeah, that's that's it. Peter I think you know there was a, there's a great cover story from Steve Brill on Time magazine where he says lately most Americans regardless of their political leanings have been asking themselves some version of the same question how did we get here how did the world's greatest democracy and economy become a land of crumpling roads uh, of water main breaks you know every day there is 657 of them how did uh, did we uh, you know our, our uh, uh, wages, you know, galloping I- income inequality, bitter polarization, and dysfunctional government. And, you know, he, he goes on to, to really back that up in, in a wonderful cover story. So Steve really puts it out at 30,000 feet, what what is happening despite the narrative that is put out there. I don't necessarily always go at 30,000 feet. Because I, I like worry every day, and I worry about what some may perceive to be small things, but I would think our president would worry about them. You know, the Russians are selling weapon systems to the Rwandans. Uh, you know, clerics are, are are getting killed in Kabul, you know, trying to uh, to to bring peace after forty years. Yemen has the worst famine in the world, and Sudan is still killing its children, you know. I worry that Bill Clinton is still saying that he's out $16 million for the Monica Lewinsky situation and really hasn't had a Me Too come to terms. But I worry about the U.S. trade deficit. I worry about the fact that the, the president was not prepared to go into to, uh, to talk with Kim. I worry that Assad, the killer in Syria, is going to meet with Kim in the next week and that, uh, that you know, the Venezuelans just reelected Maduro there. But back in the United States, you know, I worry about what Jeff Sessions says in terms of, uh, you know, the Bible, or that Betsy DeVos believes she has a school safety committee that is going is to look at nothing in terms of, of guns. I worry about all the problems at the FBI. I worry that Italy is as far right as they can go in terms of government, and Spain is as far left, and that NAFTA is destroyed, and the UN still wants to criticize Israel, but, you know... I worry that we still hear about Stormy Daniels all the time. Um, You know, so I'm worrying that there's no DACA bill and there's no gun bill and opiates is, you know, you have Kellyanne Conway in charge of uh, that situation in the United States to try to save our cities and save our kids. I worry about the suicides, the public ones that we, we hear about and that there's no... There's no healthcare legislation, and the president is demeaning your own, you know, your own fillies I mean, your own Eagles, and are calling them names out there, and that there really is a chairman of a political campaign who is incarcerated this uh, week, while you know, at the same time, our ambassador to Germany is is trying to be publicly out there supporting, you know, right wing political parties, and I worried last week that the president went on a North Korea summit without an Assistant Secretary for East Asian Affairs, without a South Korean ambassador, without an envoy to North Korea. And I worry about half the pardons that he, he, he is talking about, but at the same time I probably agree with some. And I worry that there's an EPA director who's spending his entire day looking for new mattresses at, you know, for his apartment and ordering his staff to get his daughter and his wife, you know, jobs. I worry, you know, about the Erics out there. Eric Greitens in, in Missouri, governor, resigned because of the fear. And Eric Schneiderman, the head, the, the head of the Me Too movement, you know, the attorney general of New York, resigned because of how brutal he was to, uh, to women. I worry about ZTE, that the president gave them a pass and uh, that, you know, we're still at it in Pakistan, although we made a good hit this week. But I'm happy about some things, too. Okay. Before we get into the week, I'm I'm happy about the three point eight percent unemployment and that the GDP has gone from three point one I mean, that's you know, it's around three point one, three point two and that, you know, there's the lowest unemployment and as Trump will tell you for blacks and Hispanics and the lowest unemployment for women uh in nineteen years, although wages aren't going up. I, I'm a little different. I'm I'm happy about the Iran deal myself. Uh and I'm, you know, happy that the president has all this fitness stuff going on for youth in the White House. And Ivanka still thinks that she can expand the, the child tax credit uh, and, uh, and, and family leave and that Kushner still thinks he can, he can uh, you know, fix what's going on in jail that he wants to fix because his dad spent time in jail. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy there was a G7 summit, but, you know, obviously not happy with the, the way we treated things there. So where does this all put us at this point? Trump believes that that negotiations are a zero sum game. Okay, his scorecard is b- the bilateral trade deficit. That's all he cares about. Um, you know, and and he's he's hardcore when it comes to that. You know, he, he spends most of his days lying and exaggerating, distor- distorting, and responding to paper cuts. You know, with butchery. You know, yeah, we have a vice president who doesn't seem like he wants to criticize, and we have Trump really tuning in to Lou Dobbs and Sean Hannity, you know, Fox and Friends, and others as his, uh, as you know, his, his guiding point. Uh, you know, I, I, I worry that he has hijacked the, G, uh, the GOP, um, the majority party in Congress. We saw that with what he did to Mark Sanford this uh, this week. So while there's 500 days into the administration some will claim there is 960 days you know still to go in the last week peter we saw that you know that cinema that pageantry the, the historic summit the we you know we heard what uh, what happened in the in the elections but look at just one week and we can wrap up with the introduction here we have robert de niro going out uh you know, on last Sunday night, with the uh, with the Tonys making crude comments, and Rob Reiner coming out today and saying De Niro is wrong to do that. It's giving Trump the ammunition he wants. You know, the, the G7 summit last weekend, the the pictures you know showed showed what was going on, a strong arm president with Bolton over his shoulder, looking into the eyes of Merkel, Macron, and, and Prime Minister Abe, and, uh, you know, really summing his, his finger to them and, you know, hoping that he's going to correct which, which what is a really, really, really tough U.S. trade deficit, which I appreciate that he's going after. I'm not sure I like, you know, like the bullying strong-arm tactics. And then we heard you know that uh, that your friends, Jared and Ivanka, have made you know six hundred million dollars this year, was it, or eighty million dollars. I can't even keep track. I think it was eighty million dollars this uh, already this year on um, you know their properties, on their other businesses, um, and such. We heard that the press office is all resigning. You know we've we spent a week talking about Michael Cohen and whether he was going to flip. You know, we've heard about the Trump Foundation uh, being, uh, being closed down by the new New York Attorney General uh, or her attempt to do it. We saw the president lose in the, in the AT&T battle out there. The IG report came out this week, and I think it you know, it showed an FBI that clearly has problems, that clearly um, you know, has some, some bad actors in it that needs Chris Ray to clean it up. And we kind of ended the week with the president, uh, you know, in pictures that he knew were coming out of him saluting the North Korean general out of respect, as as he would say. And what really sent him on the White House lawn, which was the picture of you know the immigration picture of the two year old crying as her mother is being searched. So you know, Giuliani's out there. He's talking about pardons. He's you know trying to send out messages there. Mueller's doing his work. He's he's not tolerating Manafort. The judge is saying, I can't take your cell phone away. You're putting her in jail. And all us as Americans, instead of really looking throughout the world at the hot spots that I only started to look at, you know, um, Iran and Burma and, and uh, Nicaragua um, and Yemen and Sudan, and looking – domestically at what do we really need this crumpling infrastructure and infrastructure bill we need to tie up health care and make sure that it doesn't keep careening we need to get those um, those uh, pharma you know uh, those pharma uh, costs down for Americans we need America an immigration bill on both sides of the Congress which the Republicans have out there. We need that. But instead, we have the Vinnie the Chin-like man walking onto the White House lawn, diverting and and doing all he can to really get Americans to say, I'm just so tired of this. I'm moving on and not even thinking about it. So together this morning, we can, on behalf of those Americans, do a little talking about it.
0: And we will, after these messages, Bob, I've got to remind folks who are listening to WIP Sunday, 94 WIP. My name's Peter Solomon. My guest this morning, Bob Newman, our correspondent on all things political, small and big P. And Bob, we'll be right back after these messages. The WIP time, 7.15. And we're back. It's WIP Sunday. My name's Peter Solomon. My guest this morning, Bob Newman. Enough said about who he is. Bob, it's interesting you mentioned the Trump Foundation. I'm told on the web today the treasurer of the Trump foundation didn't know he was the treasurer of the Trump foundation.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. Exactly. Yeah. Your, 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 your head shakes at this point. I, you know, the, the New York attorney general, you know, when it was Schneiderman, you know, had his, had his eyes out for this, you know, I, I think one thing that the audience should know is this. Okay. You know, the feds are, are, be it, you know, the FBI, be it the Justice Department, you know, even this Justice Department and the career people and, and Mueller, you know, the U.S. attorney's offices, especially in the Southern District of New York, all know that the president has a patent. They all know he's barking about, I'm going to pardon this one and that one, and he's sending out messages. So I think that there's coordination going on especially in New York and I think whether it be the district attorney of New York Cy Vance Junior or whether it be the the Attorney General's office, I, I think they're all coordinated and they're like if you know, if he starts the pardon then there we have other cases in the hopper here. And so, you know, how serious is this Trump Foundation case? I am sure that the Trump Foundation used the foundation to pay off other bills, whether they be legal bills, whether they be campaign bills or whatever, and we will find that out. I think it is more a warning back to the president that, you know, you can, you can run with these pardons, but you can't hide because the state level is going to get you, too.
0: Well, certainly. And you mentioned pardons. I've heard Trump's pardoning people as his superpower. I mean he doesn't have to say anybody ask anybody's permission. I'm going to pardon this yeah, one and I'm going to pardon this one. I'll pardon that one
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so looking at pardons from you know from from up on high, he does have the ability to do it. Congress can check him in terms of impeachment if the if they believe you know first of all, if they get a republican house uh, that he won't get removed because I don't believe there'll be a Republican Senate but they can check him, but he, he is, it is pretty unlimited, okay? And, and he can do some good things in it. I mean, we can belittle, we can laugh, we can you know, talk about you know, reality TV stars like Kim Kardashian, but she did a good thing, and I give her a lot of credit. And I, I, Kim Kardashian this week is not a laughing matter to me. You know, she stood up and she showed injustice that's going on, and I think that is a good thing. Is the president serious that he wants NFL players to actually say, talk about people who have, you know, had injustices? Yeah, I mean, he probably he, – he's a negotiator. He, he'll, he'll take some of those under advisement, okay? You know, did Martha Stewart get railroaded because of who she was? Yes, 100%. A hundred percent. Okay. And and I, I have to say to the audience, I did promote the book for Rod Blagojevich. And I have to tell you, this sentence is so excessive. It really is. I mean, he missed his two daughters growing up. And, um, you know, what he did, de- you know, is Rod Blagojevich serious? No, he's a clown. You know, should he be an entertainer? Well, if he's not an entertainer, maybe, you know, they'll put him on talk radio in, in Chicago but I don't believe we should be warehousing Rod Blagojevich. So can the president do good things with pardons? Yes. But what is the president really trying to do himself by answering questions or by having his mouthpiece, Rudy Giuliani, out there to to talk about them? He's trying to send a message across the board to Paul Manafort, who is waking up in jail this morning, to Rick Gates, his assistant, to Michael Flynn, who he uh, – who he already talked, uh, you know, who he mentioned again this past week, and said that General Flynn may not have lied. Well, you fired General Flynn for lying, and so forth and so on down the road. Every time somebody is indicted, so he is—he can do good with it, but he's using it as a political, politically manipulative tool for self-centered and personal reasons tied to all these investigations, which may be overdone which may be out of control but at the same time i think as the president of the united states he should be respecting the justice department he should be respecting the 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 special counsel he should be respecting their u.s attorney's office but that's not who this president is
0: all right g7 it felt to me like it was an embarrassment what happened there for this country what do you think
1: I right, say that again, Peter. I, I couldn't hear you.
0: His behavior at the G seven felt like an embarrassment for this country. Yeah, it
1: it, it, it was. I mean, it, it was a stampy, you know, kid. Again, let's talk about it. We're not disagreeing for the Republican audience out there. We're not disagreeing with with necessarily what Donald Trump is saying. You know, years and years worth. of of these of these tariffs you know this happens years and years of worth of nato not paying you know paying their fair share has happened it is the way he is he is delivering it and it's especially as you point out peter that he seems to be going after his allies i am going to be mean to my friends he we remember months and months ago having that bad conversation on the phone with the Australian Premier. He had a bad one again last week with Emmanuel Macron, who he says he really likes. Number two, his 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 reference to Prime Minister Trudeau is 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 absurd if not gross. He calls him Justin and he's doing it to belittle him. Okay? He doesn't call her angle. OK, he is doing it to be little. I like Justin, you know, like he's a little boy. I mean, what you have at that table sitting there in that picture with Bolton is you have a pack animal. You have a dog, a dog who hasn't been neutered, who wants to hump the other dogs. OK, that's what you've got there. He wants to show power and force and he does it more with his friends and at the same time seems to have dictatorial envy out there for Kim Jong-un, for Vladimir Putin, for Medora in Venezuela, for uh, Duarte in, um, in, uh, in Panama—I uh, mean, in the Philippines, I'm sorry—all um, over. So this is somebody who respects pro- power and brute force, okay? Now, is he—it goes both ways. Is he correct to want to do a summit with Putin? Yes. But he's doing it because he sees what Putin is doing in the Middle East. He sees what Putin, the control he has at home. He sees that Putin is now going to not only do his incursions in the Crimea and also Syria, but he sees that Putin now wants to even step into this North Korea, you know, dip his foot in this North Korea situation, too. And he... He believes. Here's the problem for Donald Trump. He believes that he can solve everything quickly. It is ADD, attention deficit disorder, or ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. All of these things, from the trade deficits which have happened over nearly a century okay, to the buildup of 50 years since the Korean War, okay, of of, of North, North Korea. They have 150 sites or so, okay, to dismantle, okay? He's not going to be able to solve all of this quickly. And to walk onto the White House lawn or to, you know, in his office or on tweet to be frustrated by the fact that he is not getting all the adulation for what he says is eliminating the North Korean threat is absolutely ridiculous. Let us bring it back public relations wise. Donald Trump said during before the campaign when he was running, during the campaign after he went down that escalator, he said the American people are not that smart. And he said that, you know, he, he believes he could walk down the street and shoot somebody there or that, you know, you know, Giuliani's talking about shooting Comey right now, he, he, he believes the American people will stand by his side and that they're not smart enough to understand that this North Korea situation or this trade situation will take years and years and years to come. And he also, that that's part one. And part two is he believes he can bully his friends into, into submission and he looks upon everyone at that table at the G7 summit or that he thinks should be the G8 summit, he believes they are all underlings of his. He is still operating, Peter, like he is running the Trump organization.
0: Two questions about that, then. One is that picture, and you know which picture I'm talking about, the famous one? Yeah, yeah. Looks like they all wanted to beat him up.
1: That, like, he yeah, I mean, beat them. you're right. They, 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 all did, they all did look furious. I mean, the German Chancellor's had it with him. She has no relationship with him. He'll say he has a good relationship with her. He plays to Macron and Trudeau when they come to the White House and have these romances. Um, and he probably had some relationship with those two. You know, even Prime Minister Abe from Japan, who was sitting there with his with his arms crossed, okay? Abe, who has stood by his side, who is praying Donald Trump does the right thing in North Korea because he, he's worried uh, – he's always been worried about North Korea. Two days later, three days later, what does he tweet this week? Uh, oh, no, he, he, he actually didn't tweet. He uh, It was revealed at that table that he said to Abe – Hey, I can send you so many Mexican. You don't have any uh, any immigrants. I can send you all uh, so many Mexicans, and what will happen, Shinzo? You won't be reelected quickly. I mean, I, this you can't make some of this up. I mean, he said that at the at the summit, or at, you know, at that table at that point. So you're asking why are they upset at him if he'd make comments like that to his good friend Abe? Okay. Um, But at the same time, he, he is picking fights also on the other side. He might be playing up to ZTE, and then Ivanka gets all her patents, Okay, if I don't know if there's a connection, but it was pretty weird when that happened. But at the same time, he created a trade war last week um, with uh, with China. Okay, first of all, he always said there'll never be a trade war. Then he said there has always been a trade war with them. That was his excuse this past this past week. So he really can't seem to get it. And that's the guy I told you walked out on the white house lawn, like we chin, just kind of mumbling saying what he could at the given time, whatever comes out of his mouth unfiltered. And, um, and he, I I actually have crude terminology that I just cut off. So I didn't get beeped, but you know, my father used to say, you know, someone has so-and-so of the mouth and, Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and that, that is Donald Trump. That's who we are living with. What could he have been? He could have been Reagan. He could have been the CEO. He could have signed papers and had very strong staff like Reagan did. He chose on the other side to ignore staff, okay? I mean, look at Michael Cohen was his attorney, but if you read the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal front page this week, it'll show they never had a very good relationship throughout the years. This is the same thing Everybody in his administration eventually says, my life is being destroyed. And I think the White House communications office, press office, is the one who is saying that this week. And they're all running, just like Hope Hicks did, just like Gary Cohn did, who's out there talking against the president at this point, and so forth and so on.
0: And I'm sure Sarah Huckabee Sanders is doing the happy dance. That her time is I mean, she's
1: really. I understand that that she, you know, and listen. Let, let, let's bring up something. The other side does not help. Okay, not at all. You know, the Robert De Niro comments don't help Peter. Okay, the Sarah B. Uh, the Samantha B. comments do not help. Okay, every time. The, every time. Trump is on a roll. He puts his foot in his mouth. Every time the Democrats seem to have him by putting his foot in his mouth, they put their foot in the mouth. And so what it is, is the president is pulling them all, dragging them into a hole, whether it be the world community or whether it be his opposition. But he also does it, as you said, to come full circle to his staff. And I am not one to beat people personally, to make fun of them, to mock them for their appearance. And I think generally what the left has done to Sanders has been pretty deplorable at the same time. I recognize that the argument back is clearly going to be sometimes she says things that just aren't true. And we found out months later, just like the meeting on Air Force One about, you know, writing the, uh, the response to The New York Times. And by the way, that's another thing that within that gaggle this week was just so ridiculous, where the president was acknowledging, like he acknowledged he'd never apologized, he also acknowledged in that gaggle of reporters, he, say, he, he basically said, well, you know what, I, I might have made it up, but it was, it's the failed New York Times. And, you know, they're really bad. They're really bad. But by the way, they wrote a great story today on me. And then he went on to say how bad they were and that there's really no problem with lying to the failed New York Times. It's not like lying to a tribunal. And I think he said tribunal, and that's a pretty scary thing because he's really thinking in these, in these type of terms. And you and your audience know the ultimate of what he said this week, which I think left me, you know, really outside of the, the immigration piece that we're also worried about, you know, when he said they sit up for Kim Jong un, I want my people to do it, you all have to ask yourself the question, um, if the adage ninety nine percent of things said in jest are true.
0: Absolutely. Um The other thing, though, I forget where I was going to go with this one. So let's move on. Uh, All right. Oh yeah, G eight summit. He wants G seven. He wants to make it to G eight again and bring Russia back into it. Good idea or bad idea?
1: Well, I, I think obviously he he's got a point there that there are a lot of decisions throughout the world that Russia should be a part of. Okay, clearly. Okay. And and but he compartmentalizes so well to not remember we kick them out because they annex Crimea, okay? We kick them out because of what they've been doing in the Ukraine. We kept them out of there because they're killing people in the UK. They're their opposition. Okay? And so he doesn't necessarily, you know, he, he can't pull the two together. Should Russia be a part of decisions that are made within this body in that they have such influence now? Now that Obama left a lot of the holes he left, that he abdicated kind of authority as being the world's policeman, and that Trump continues to do that, they're very similar in that way, I think getting them at the table in some way is appropriate. They, they are connected in some way with Iran, especially with the uh, with uh, oil and, and such. They are connected with China in terms of decision-making, and they are visiting and, and doing summits all over the place, including with Israel. So getting them at the table is clearly appropriate. Um, and, and listen, my apologies. I didn't even acknowledge the most important Thing in what they have done. You know, they have tried to to disrupt and been successful at disrupting democracies in the United States during the 2016 election and subsequently in France and in other areas. So I think they need to be at some table. Do they actually need to be in the G7 or G8? Um, I, you know, I, I think... Just like the president, I believe he did the right thing in connecting with Kim Jong-un, okay, at this point. You know, it it, it got too hot out there. You know, it it got worrisome. You know, people were mistakenly pushing buttons in in Hawaii, you know, there. We all worried. I think it was wonderful getting, you know, to at least a cable and de-escalating there. I think we have to do that with Russia, too. I don't know what the forum is, and I don't mean any disrespect. That's kind of above my pay grade. But Russia does have to be engaged with we can't go back to, uh, you know, the the days of uh, the Cold War and the days of detente.
0: Right. Break time again, Bob Newman. You're listening to 94 WIP, All Sports Radio, WIP Sunday. My name's Peter Solomon. More in just a bit. And we're back with Bob Newman, Newman Communications, Finishing our discussion on Trump, it, politics, state of the nation, state of the world, and a whole lot more.
1: My name is Steve I, Solomon. Go ahead. Pete, it, this past week, I mean, as a PR guy, I, I just can't believe the following, okay? Giuliani, who I represented for a year on his book on called Leadership. By the way, a book that was published by Harvey Weinstein. I had to get <laughs> that in. Okay, um, yeah, It was called Talk Miramax, you know, from Miramax. Uh, and we did great books. There's, uh, you know, Giuliani and the Queen of Jordan and, and Madeline Albright and all of the others who, you know, kissed, you know, Mr. Weinstein. Um, Giuliani goes down this rabbit hole of talking about how dumb Biden is. Okay, that he finished at the bottom of his class. Okay, that's number one. Peter Navarro, the trade representative, or not even the trade representative. Bob lightsinger is the trade representative, the trade guru at the White House. You know, wants to talk about there being a special place in hell for for Justin Trudeau. I mean, what, what are we? T- this is crazy stuff that comes out of their mouths. That they're just mirroring the president. Okay, and and then and then, you've got the Attorney General of the United States arguing Bible out there and saying that you know you know the Bible is uh, you know allows us to do what we're doing on the border. Come on, Jeff, I understand you're an evangelical Christian, which I respect greatly, I really do okay and and I think that that many of us you know you know feel so strongly about our um, about our uh you know about being observant and devout and 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 following the Lord, but Jeff, come on, you have Archbishop Timothy Dolan going on c n n this week, you know uh, a Catholic saying. There's nothing in the Bible that nearly represents, you know, how we should be treating kids. And then, last but not least, we have the president once again, the president who is in the middle of Stormy Daniels situation for potentially having an affair while he was married to her, along with, you know, one other, the Playboy model. Okay, him making fun. Of Congressman Mark Sanford, who had been Governor Mark Sanford, and eventually resigned at, or ended his term after, you know, uh, admitting to an affair and, you know, ending up hiking in the in the wherever he, he supposedly said he he was, and so. This president seems to believe, public relations-wise, that he can mentor these individuals into talking the way they do. And this president then believes, public relations-wise, that he can even spew out some things that are so inconsistent with uh, – or they're consistent with what's going on in his life, but say, as he did about Michael Cohen, oh, it's just that Stormy Daniels you know, situation. Um, now I bring up those four things at the same time as my friend who is listening, and she's in Washington right now. Um, my friend Beth, you know, texted me and said it's all good, except I only care about the kids at the border. Okay, and and I think it's interesting. I've asked the question, Peter, over and over again: What will get people to change? Parkland didn't get anybody to change. Okay. What will get people to change? The dying of opiates has not got people to change. And, and when I say people, I'm talking about our legislation, our government, and trying to help our communities, okay? Um, you know, will, will suicide of Anthony Bourdain, who I represented, and, and, uh, and Kate Spade, will that get people to look at mental health more seriously? I kind of doubt it. I think it will be another week or two thing. So I asked myself the question about the multiple pictures and the multiple reports from the Walmart in, in Texas um, near the border um, where, where youth are being, you know, warehoused uh, 22 hours a day. Will the picture of the two-year-old get, uh, get uh, us, to, uh, us to change? The president wants to use it as a, first of all, he wants to say that it was a law put in by the Democrats, okay? Everybody listening to WIP, everybody, whether it be Democrats, okay, whether it be on the other side, you know, Democrats on the liberal side, Democrats on the Bob Casey side, whether it be people who like Charlie Denton are disappointed he's leaving, whether it be people who follow the investigations of your congressmen across the board. We all have to know one thing and be educated on one thing. There is no law that says we should separate children from their parents, okay? And will this picture trigger something to happen? I'm going to go to Las Vegas and bet along with the other four and say, no, I still believe. I hope it does because it rips out my heart just like it rips out my friend's heart who I mentioned. But Peter, I don't think anything is getting people to change. And I partially, Blame the American public. and First of all, I blame Donald Trump because he, he dizzies us so much that we all give up. And then I blame our le- legislators who will only do something maybe close to the election when they start to worry if their comfort level in Washington is going to be disrupted by losing the next election.
0: Amen. Amen. And it scares me where this world's going and how we're going to get there. But be that as it may, you mentioned the opiate war. Um, Our friend, the head of the opiate war, the government point person, what do you think about that?
1: I, I, I... I think that there was always sincerity on behalf of this president when he went to New Hampshire during the campaign, and more so than Secretary Clinton, more so than any Republican, maybe except for John Kasich, who went out there and said that people are dying. And I, I think it got his heart when he was in New Hampshire, and he, by the way, he went back to New Hampshire recently for you know, a PR you know, deal that Conway set up. Okay, I just don't necessarily think it's serious for the following reason. Okay, or uh, that they're taking it seriously for the following reasons, and I'm going to tie some several things in. When you go to uh, with North Korea to Singapore and you talk about nuclear, it's partially science. When you make a decision to pull out of the g uh, of the uh, I'm sorry, of the Paris Peace Accord, it's partially science. Okay, and so forth and so on. And I could name science connected with many of these issues. Not only has the president never filled the White House science advisor position, had had no science advisor for going to to nuclear uh, to the nuclear talks. Um, But he 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 doesn't have science advisors at many of the major departments, including state agriculture and elsewhere. What does that all have to do with this? I don't believe if you have a president who uh, is is nominating as his Surgeon General his White House uh, doctor who who by the way had his own problems that we we uh, we saw. I don't think that we have gotten to the point where. First of all, money-wise, I think we, we said this is a crisis, but we haven't necessarily pushed the button so unlimited funds can be put out there. I don't think enough funds are out there. I think the majority of it becomes a PR show for, for us, and I think that, that if you compare the opiate crisis – with with school shootings, okay, which are awful, you know, not having our kids safe. If you compare the opiate crisis with other with uh, other you know potential issues that are throughout the country that are getting getting publicity, I think it's far worse. And I don't, I think what it becomes is a one off and a checklist for him that we're doing these things with commissions and we're doing these things with PR events in New Hampshire. I don't necessarily think he's drilled down. To 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 get enough done. Do I think that's Donald Trump's fault? And not necessarily. I think that what's his fault is that he looks at putting politicians—the the guy who didn't want to be a politician—he looks at putting politicians in charge of important issues rather than science or medical people.
0: And I'd like to say thank you to Bob Newman. It's always an enlightening and provocative discussion here when he talks to us about events from a PR perspective. Thank you, Bob Newman Communications.
1: Have a good day.
0: You too, and a happy Father's Day. And you've been listening to WIP Sunday here on 94 WIP All Sports Radio. My name's Peter Solomon. Stay tuned for Sports Talk with Sunny Hill. If you can't, nothing left to say, but see you soon.